0: Thank you for your service, all you guys out there on the front line. We want to be sure we are providing the tools and resources you need to see through through these tough times. To that end, NAC and our partners at BKD have produced a five-week series of podcasts to assist you in managing your fiscal solvency during these times. Please take a moment to listen. Afterwards, provide any questions or comments to me at trainings at NAC.org. Your feedback is invaluable. Today, I'm your host, Jervine Williams. I'm the director of NACS Financial Trainings and Technical Assistance. We're on our second podcast. We're speaking with David Fields, who's a partner at BKD based out of Springfield, Missouri. Hi, David. How are you today? Hi, Jervine.
1: Doing very well. Yourself?
0: I'm doing well. Thanks for asking. Okay, let's go ahead and jump into the questions. So David, how does a SPA slash Paycheck Protection Program affect any other grants like the HRSA grant?
1: Well, it definitely does affect those other grants, Jermaine, uh, but some may interpret it as doing it indirectly. The primary impact on all the other grants, including HRSA, is that the expectation is that the portion of the, the Small Business Administration Paycheck Protection Program loan expenditures that are forgiven are not eligible to be charged as an expense to another grant program. The, the phrase that everybody's hearing now is double dipping or really charging an expense to two different programs, effectively paying for those expenses twice. This, this will mean that for many programs where the grant expenditures have limited flexibility, that CHCs will need to continue to use those grant funds to pay for those expenditures rather than charge those expenses to the SBA PPP program. And there'll be other programs where there's some flexibility and a CHC may shift or rebudget expenses paid by a grant outside of the eight-week SBA PPP calculation period.
0: So why would there be any relations to the SBA loan and the HERSA grants related to payment of salaries?
1: Well, Jervin, since salaries and benefits make up about two-thirds of the average CHC's budget, they're the most common expenses charged to a HRSA grant. If these are forgivable expenses under the SBA PPP program, there's a significant risk of that double dipping we were talking about. Uh, there's still something important for CHC to realize. The uh, Small Business Administration uh, Paycheck Protection Program covers salaries up to $100,000. So just understanding that's prorated would be $1,923 a week. But the federal grant salary cap covers salaries up to $197,300. Uh, that's the 2020 salary cap, which would be $3,794 per week. Uh, kind of to illustrate that, if we had a physician who made $250,000 a year, a CHC could charge $1,923 a week to the SBA PPP program during the eight week window at least of that program and then charge the uh, differential to $1,871 to a HRSA grant. The remaining $1,013 out of that $4,807 a week, that, that's what $250,000 would be on a weekly basis wouldn't be eligible for either program.
0: Are there financial criteria that determines whether you can be approved for the loan? For an example, do you have to show cash needs such as low days cash on hand?
1: So, you know, this has been an area of concern for many applicants for the the Small Business Administration Paycheck Protection Program loans, and I can understand really why they feel that way. Uh, In talking about this with uh, CHDs that I've had a chance to visit with, I've really directed people to look at the specific criteria for the program that's laid out in the law uh, and in the application process. The most relevant area is when it says that the quote current economic uncertainty makes this loan request necessary to support the ongoing operations of the applicant. Uh, Now the Small Business Administration continues to update their frequently asked questions. Uh, I was just looking at this uh, today, the May 6th version, uh, question 31, gives us a little bit of insight It says that in that response that, quote, borrowers must assess their economic need for a PPP loan under the standards established by the CARES Act and the PPP regulations at the time of the loan application. So, you know, when it says at the time of the loan application, uh, this gives me a little bit of comfort that there's not gonna be necessarily a changing uh, wholesale in what those requirements are. But I'd also, uh, to maybe calm some of the health center's concerns, Note that specifically in the context of it, it references publicly traded companies. And I think it's reasonable to assume that really it's those big capital rich uh, organizations that are, that are the focus of that. So, you know, I encourage CSUs to continue to monitor the regulations that are in authority over the program for clarification so that we can kind of keep an eye on that. Uh, however, I would note that the key element to this program is going to be the disruption of services. And the reduction of revenues from from operations. There's not a specific requirement listed that a CFC must spend all their cash reserves before applying for the loan uh, or having funds forgiven. So, cash does matter, but I think you can you can really focus on the lost revenues, uh, state mandated suspension of services or disruption of services, and utilizing the funding to retain employees is really the key components uh, of your compliance and to give you comfort that maybe if you have a lot of cash on hand, you can still access these funds.
0: And how does the current financial position impact the amount that can be forgiven?
1: So I, I think in overall, what we're, we're gonna look at is uh, just back to that expenditures basis for, for what's going on with the program, uh, making sure that we are tracking what those expenses are and, and showing you know, what were the extra expenses we had associated uh, with the, the COVID situation uh, and what were the expenditures? What did we spend uh, all of those, those loan funds uh, or the grant funds on?
0: So if a health center takes the emergency sick leave paid credit, would that make them ineligible to take the payroll protection loan or other credits or grants?
1: So you know, this has been something that's been confusing for a lot of community health centers because many of these programs that are available during this period of time are really either or programs. And so, you know, I'm gonna talk specifically about the Emergency Paid and Family Leave Act uh, and some of the, the guidance that's out there on that. But if there's a different program, then make sure that you look for whether that's an either or, because that is a common thing that's out there. The, the Emergency Paid and Family Leave Act is not an either or program related to the Small Business Administration uh, Paycheck Protection Program. The caution, however, is still that there's that risk of double dipping that we've talked about a couple times, uh, because that's still not permitted you may charge the cost of the family medical leave to one program or the other, but just not to both programs at the same time. Practically speaking, I think many community health centers are using the Emergency Paid and Family Leave Act before and after the SBA Paycheck Protection Program eight-week window and relying on the SBA PPP Loan Forgiveness Program during that eight-week window. The word of caution in in that approach would just be that as of May 8th, We're still waiting for more guidance on the forgiveness calculations and any potential reductions in that loan forgiveness calculation that could happen.
0: Thanks so much for that. So what's the best way to track the payroll documentation?
1: So there's gonna be several different elements that go into this. The expectation in general is that you track it through the general ledger and the payroll system. I recognize practically speaking that may look different for different community health centers. If you're gonna use a system that's outside of the general ledger in the payroll system, look, you're talking to a CPA, so like a spreadsheet. The key is going to be how you trace the documentation back to the source records and show that the costs were not counted twice. So for supplemental documentation like spreadsheets, this must be utilized to supplement the documentation and not replace the general ledger and the payroll systems. I've just seen too many spreadsheets that are far too summarized to really suit a regulator. It should say more than just, hey, we had a hundred thousand for salaries, but it needs to be something that we can trace back to the source materials and say, whose salaries, what rent, and for which invoices we're really accounting and referencing. The records should be reconciling those salaries between all the programs to show that they're only counted once. That's really the vital and and key expectation in whatever the tracking mechanism, but specifically payroll.
0: The last question I have for you this afternoon is, what are some of the common misconceptions about the SBA PPP loan?
1: Well, you know, Doreen, I'm glad you asked that. Uh, I'd mentioned earlier that the salaries are only eligible to $100,000. I think some some people are expecting that all salaries are going to be covered, but I just remind uh, everyone that it's not just that it's at $100,000, but it's that prorated amount. So, uh, you know, the, the joke I've told people is, is if we were thinking about paying $100,000 over an eight-week period, that'd really be employees who are making more than $650,000 in a year. And, you know, we talked about that's really that $1,923 a week. Uh, another misunderstanding is I, I see a lot of C management teams who believe the loan is guaranteed to be 100% forgivable, forgivable uh, or forgiven. And I've really just been stressing uh, to them that the forgiveness calculation is different from the loan application calculation. Uh, we're still waiting on the Small Business Administration for a formal calculation of the forgiveness. I think... You know the biggest struggle overall with with the program is just waiting for that more detailed guidance uh, about how that forgiveness may play out, what the reductions might be in that forgiveness. So you know it may not be a misconception as so much as just a concern that potential headcount reduction. So how's that going to work? Uh, and just a, a better understanding that if there's any wages that maybe are lower during this time than they were preceding uh, the pandemic, then could there be a reduction in those? and the value of the potential expenses that are forgiven. And that's certainly possible. We're just sort of waiting on on what that clarified guidance will be.
0: Well, David, thanks so much for that valuable information and thanks for taking time out of your day. And thanks for everything that you do to support community health centers out there. You um, stay safe and take care.
1: Thanks, for being it's my pleasure.